You are Locked On College Football, your daily podcast on all things college football. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome in to Locked On College Football, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. My name is Josh Ward alongside Andrew Wade. It is a Ward and Wade Wednesday, and we have a lot to dive into as it is the offseason. We're a week away from the second signing period with the early signing period, of course, taking a lot of the focus. Right now, Andrew, it seems like a lot of the attention is on the status of coaching staffs. That is very much a focus locally where I am. I do Locked On Vols every day, and Tennessee is in the middle of another coaching search. New athletic director was hired last week, and it's coaching search season, which means it's flight tracking season, which means it's a, a time for the internet to be alive here in Knoxville. Yeah, man, it's uh, been an interesting time. I'm, I'm sure for you, it's been a lot busier than maybe you anticipated. Uh, let's get a quick pulse check. Where, how are you feeling this week compared to last week? Because I feel like last week was a mix of, oh, crap, what the hell is going to happen here? Yeah. And now you, you hired an athletic director very quickly. I mean, I don't think we expect, I don't know about you, but I did not expect that to happen so quickly. And they're already turning their attention to that coaching search. So what are, where's, where's your gauge at right now? How are you feeling from last week to this week? Yeah, I think it's going okay. Now, depending on what time, uh, which hour you have this conversation, there can be talk of, okay, well, things are starting to lean toward this coach. N names that have popped up in the last 24 hours. There was more James Franklin buzz on, uh, in the, at least in the middle of the afternoon on Tuesday. That, that kind of died down Tuesday morning, died down again Tuesday evening. Where does that come from? You, you might start to ask that. Tony Elliott, the offensive coordinator at Clemson. And then that started to die off a little bit. Names that had been kind of crossed off already include uh, P.J. Fleck at Minnesota, Matt Campbell at Iowa State. I think Tennessee fans naturally just have the fear of, uh-oh, this could go south again because every other search has gone south at some point. And you know, they ended up with Butch Jones in one of the searches, and that worked out okay for a while. Didn't end great. Uh, the The after Butch Jones firing from the Greg Shiano to all the coaches to end up with Jeremy Pruitt ultimately was a disaster. The Derek Dooley era was a mess. And I think Tennessee fans fear that that's going to happen again. I don't know that that's the case here. I don't, I don't know that they're going to get a great coach, but a difference here is that Danny White, who was hired quickly as the athletic director is very well thought of. He's very respected and his searches in the past have led to surprising results but good results. Scott Frost worked out for UCF. Josh Heupel seems to have worked out for UCF. And that would be where you would draw confidence if you're a Tennessee fan that, well, we don't know exactly where this is going, but it's a new AD who was just hired last week, now leading the search. Maybe things will work out differently this time. Yeah, that, that's interesting, especially because you look at Scott Frost and Josh Heupel, former quarterbacks who maybe weren't as high on that coaching radar. Um, Tennessee's been linked to a lot of big name coaches, though, as you kind of mentioned, but um, all of them seemingly are passing on that opportunity. So what are you hearing is kind of the the main, the top two or three guys, because if you do a quick Google search, you're literally could pop up anywhere between 10 and 30 different coaches that yeah. are on Tennessee's radar. But that's all speculation at this point. Well, here's where I'm not going to help the audience. I don't know. And I'm not sure how many people know. People covering Tennessee, I think, are having a tough time because you're covering a search led by somebody who the media has maybe met, but maybe not because he was just introduced at the end of last week, Friday at his press conference, and then the search began. So from Tennessee side, you don't have that much information. The people that work for Tennessee don't really know him that well. So I, I think a lot of the stuff that we might hear can come from a national standpoint 
So other names that have been a part of this conversation have included, and I'll miss some here, but Billy Napier's name pops up at Louisiana. Jamie Chadwell's name pops up at Coastal Carolina, which is, by the way, kicking off spring practice. Uh, you have uh, other names that have been mentioned that fans want are Lane Kiffin, but I don't find too many people that believe Lane Kiffin's actually going to be in play. Of course, he would be returning to Tennessee. And, and by the way, that's always been a part of these searches. <laughs> Tennessee fans wanted John Gruden during a couple of different searches, believed that he would be the guy at one point, and it just wasn't ever really going to happen. And there might be a Lane Kiffin aspect to this. Now, also with Tennessee, you never say never, but truly, I, I, I don't know that anybody has – Named a favorite here. Sonny Dyke's name has been a part of the conversation. I've definitely missed two or three, but uh, sitting head coaches that have been talked about, Scott Satterfield at Louisville, Neil Brown at West Virginia, you know, it could be good hires. You never know how it's going to play out. But Josh Heupel, Danny White's coach at UCF, has gotten some attention as of this recording. Uh, there truly have been a, a lot of names and a long list of names to try to go through. Yeah, uh, let's. Can I just focus on the Lane Kiffin thing? I, yeah. How can any Tennessee fan possibly actually want Lane Kiffin, especially after what just happened with Jeremy Pruitt? I like. I know Lane Kiffin hasn't, you know, had as bad of things as you know carrying cash and McDonald's bags um, on his name, but Lane Kiffin has got to be one of the scurviest coaches in all of college football. I, I can't. I, I don't know how you could possibly want him, especially after how he did Tennessee so dirty uh, back in the day. Why do you want Lane Kiffin? Why would any fan want Lane Kiffin? Andrew, I think he's viewed as the one that got away by Tennessee fans. <laughs> Seriously? I'm serious. You know, what's funny is uh, several weeks ago, I, the timeline all kind of runs together, but a former offensive lineman, Juwan James, he's in the NFL with the Denver Broncos. Uh, he was a good player at Tennessee. He was signed by Lane Kiffin, but he was actually in that class when K Lane Kiffin left, and Juwan was an early enrollee. So Juwan was on campus the night that Kiffin was leaving, and coaches at Orgeron, I believe, were trying to call prospects and say, don't go to class tomorrow. So it was a Tuesday night when Lane left. Class was beginning on Wednesday, and there were a couple of those guys that they were thinking, hey, maybe we can get him to come to USC instead. So Juwan was on campus in Knoxville getting a call from, I believe, at Orgeron saying, don't go to class tomorrow, come to USC instead. And Juwan went on Twitter a few weeks ago and said, hey, Lane, come to Tennessee and make the next day decade at Tennessee be what the last decade should have been. And Juwan never actually played for Lane. He signed with Lane, but played for Derek Dooley. Tennessee's a weird place, man. And, uh, and <laughs> so I, I think that's the explanation. It's the one that got away and fans believe, hey, round two would work. And, he, and he's a changed person, of course. If Lane were to leave Ole Miss, he'd be leaving Ole Miss after one year like he did to Tennessee. So how changed would he be? Also, uh, don't forget, Lane left Tennessee with the NCAA investigating the football program. He also went to USC, which was dealing with NCAA issues, which Tennessee is now. And it didn't work out for Lane at USC, partly because of that. He ultimately got fired. So uh, that and then the, the president and the athletic director last week were preaching integrity at their press conferences. All of that adds up to, yeah, Lane's probably not the best choice, but he's a good offensive coach and he's exciting. And uh, he would be great for me doing uh, sports talk radio and the podcast every day in Knoxville. So for me, it would be a great hire if Tennessee went after Lane Kiffin. It would definitely give you quite Hugh Freeze a few storylines. Hugh, Hugh Freeze was the one that fans wanted, many fans wanted during the season. And then it kind of shifted to Lane. I just, I cannot fathom how volunteers fans are possibly going through this process and actually thinking those are the guys that need to be, I, I, 
I'm flabbergasted. Well, do this. Go, go search the rock. There, there's this. Uh, there's this big rock on campus. If you're familiar with it, some are, some aren't. You can actually stream. It streams on UTK's website, so you can always look at the rock and see what it looks like in in that very moment. But there are images from the night that Lane left, and there were some not so nice things that were painted on that rock. Some words that I I don't think I can say because this is a clean podcast. And then if you look at the rock painted a week ago or so. It was hashtag bring Lane, bring Lane home, get Lane Kiffin back to Knoxville. So, uh, yeah, what a difference a decade makes. So how pissed are fans in Tennessee going to be when Danny White goes off the rails, as he has been known to do, as you alluded to, as he alluded to in a press conference saying, I am not paying attention to social media candidates or social media for what I'm getting for head coaching candidates. What is Tennessee, what is Volunteer Nation going to do when he ultimately hires some under-the-radar offensive coordinator from some D2 school? I don't know. It's a good question. I mean, let's see where this goes. Maybe he does go with a a name that hasn't been talked about. Uh, Didn't mention Lance Leipold, but that name is being brought up because he's been hired before by Danny White at Buffalo. So And had great success there, too. Yeah, right. I don't know. I don't know what the reaction is going to be. I mean, some fans are just going to be unhappy if it's not Lane, and I'm not kidding there. Uh, but I also think this. I, I really do believe this with most cases, including Tennessee, every time a hire has been made. Even if it seems underwhelming in the moment when it's announced, fans get on board. Fans got on board with Dooley, even though in the moment that seemed, uh, well, I don't know, coming off a 4-8 and eight season at Louisiana Tech, this might be a bit of a stretch. But fans bought in because he had a Southern accent. And then fans bought into Butch Jones because he didn't sound like Derek Dooley. And then fans bought into Jeremy Pruitt because he had a Southern accent and Philip Fulmer introduced him. And you know what? That matters. Nothing. It doesn't matter at all. So really, it's, a, it's about does Danny White find the right guy? And if he does, whether fans buy in or not, what does he do over the next two years, four years? He's, he has NCAA issues he has to deal with. This is a good job, but it's a challenging job right now. I don't know, but uh, I can't wait to find out what he does because he's done a good job of playing it close to the vest, at least on his side. Again, maybe one of these names ends up being the guy, and the reporting that we've seen either locally or nationally has been close or at least been circling around the the coach, but it seems like everybody's playing a bit of a guessing game right now. Yeah, absolutely. Also, I remember the the Derek Dooley hire and thinking – why in the heck are you hiring a guy that went four and eight at law tech to be your head coach? I also remember that being pretty underwhelming. Uh, Danny white though, very good hire. I mean, what he did at UCF was, has been phenomenal. As you mentioned, hiring some pretty under the radar candidates. Scott Frost is another guy. I think we want to talk about as well um, because he is having quite a time at Nebraska right now. I'm not going to make a lot of Nebraska fans happy probably on our next segment, but definitely something to watch out for. It's the right transition because Scott Frost would be an example of, you never know. He was the home run hire. Bring him home to fix Nebraska. Maybe he ultimately does, but it looks like his job trying to do that became harder because of some transfers. We're going to talk about what's going on at Nebraska, which is in a similar position as Tennessee when we come back here on Locked On College Football. And today's show is presented by BuiltBar.com. Let's at least make this simple. You need a snack in the middle of your day. You need something to replace the the breakfast that you planned on, but you couldn't put together in the morning. The Built Bar can help with that. Built Bar has so many flavors for you to choose from. They're soft. They're easy to chew. They taste great. And they're a healthy option for you. This is the best tasting protein bar that you're going to find. Andrew, it's at BuiltBar.com. Yeah, man, I, I couldn't agree more. I mean, the fact you mentioned 
the fact that it tastes like a pro or tastes like a, a candy bar, I think is what people need to really, em, you know, emphasize there because I have tried a significant amount of protein bars um, at different gyms. You see stuff that tastes, you know, sounds really good. Cotton candy, cookies and cream, all that stuff. And it all tastes like crap until I tried a built bar. And I like almost every flavor I tried at this point, but there's flavors for literally everyone, whether you want a cherry barcia or you want something a little bit more chocolatey, get that mint brownie or that salted caramel. There's so many phenomenal flavors. And the best part is not only is the taste phenomenal the health benefits are just as good as well one of my favorite flavors is cookies and cream it comes in 17 grams of protein 130 calories four grams of sugar and four grams of net carbs why wouldn't you want that as your snack you get that candy bar taste you get the health benefits it's perfect combination for a built bar for a protein bar so go to builtbar.com right now and use that promo code locked on and you'll get 20 percent off your next order use the promo code locked on for 20 percent off at builtbar.com so, Andrew, we were talking in segment one about a program trying to get back to a championship level, Tennessee. We do the same here with the program that's trying to get back to a championship level, Nebraska, and it's going to try to do that with more players entering the transfer portal, including quarterback Luke McCaffrey, a guy that Scott Frost has talked about being a very important part of the future. So what do you think there with this news at Nebraska? Yeah, I mean, it's very concerning for me. I, here's the thing. I was worried about Nebraska when they hired Scott Frost because I thought this is the guy who was going to turn around this program. He has those Nebraska connections. People who grew up Nebraska fans are going to grow up Scott Frost fans. Also with what he did at UCF, I thought, to be honest, that was a phenomenal hire in my opinion. I really thought that was a good hire. But since that time, all Scott Frost has done is talk a lot, throw his players under the bus, and lose a bunch of important games. They haven't done diddly squat since he brought this program or since he's taken over this program. And I think what's concerning about it is every single year he's mentioned, I need to bring in my guys. I need to bring in the guys who are going to turn this program around with me. Yet we're in at the end of year three, arguably his guys. And this program is still a failure. And now they're losing big time recruits. As you mentioned, Luke McCaffrey. Now, what I think is interesting about Luke McCaffrey is if you were to ask any Nebraska fan at the beginning of the year, if Luke McCaffrey transferring was going to be terrible, they would say, absolutely. No matter what, that's a huge deal if he's transferring because they truly thought he could be the quarterback of the future. Now, and that's what, that's what I love about Nebraska fans. There's always hope, right? There's always this, this fool's hope that something's going to turn around. They're like, oh, Luke McCaffrey, he was going to be our third-string quarterback. He wasn't going to play anyways. I call BS on that. He was literally in a lockstep battle with Adrian Martinez. And the only reason why Adrian Martinez was starting was because he was the, you know, aforementioned started the last two years I thought Luke McCaffrey ultimately helped that team move the ball down the field a little bit better um, that being said I think Luke McCaffrey's best position is probably not quarterback it's probably running back or wide receiver um, even when he threw the ball it wasn't that pretty but to me this is very concerning uh, very concerning for the Nebraska program after losing Wandell Robinson arguably the best player on their team and one of the best athletes in the conference losing him to Kentucky they lose Marcus Fleming another four-star recruit Luke McCaffrey a four-star recruit Cade Warren not a high profile recruit and honestly not that good of a wide receiver anyways, but also transferring um, after being put on scholarship. I mean, this is concerning to me that they're losing so many of his guys. This is a different conversation from the previous segment where we're talking about Lane Kiffin, who bolted from Tennessee and a, a guy that you would at least think would be hated by Tennessee. Scott Frost is a Nebraska guy, won a national title as a quarterback. He was the guy coming home to save the program and to get Nebraska back to where it expects to be at a championship level and three years in and year three was weird, of course. And 
COVID's a factor there and was fighting to get on the field, but then was actually kind of mocked with how things went. And uh, you, you know the story there. Yep. So how are Nebraska fans supposed to feel? Because I'm sure they're frustrated and I'm sure this creates more concern. But uh, talk about a guy that was easy to buy into was their guy, Scott Frost, and here things stand. And uh, I, I would imagine a fear among Nebraska fans is, hey, if Scott Frost can't get it done for us, are we going to get back there where we expect to be? At least some Nebraska fans have to be wondering that. Yeah, I mean, I personally think Scott Frost is gone after this year. He needs to have a miraculous turnaround, but the amount of talent that has left this team and what they've been able to do on the field hasn't been impressive. And I completely agree. If Scott Frost can't turn this team around, who does? Because the national perception of Nebraska continues to go down each and every year. They continue to have losing seasons, which makes the job of the next coach harder and harder, which I find interesting because Nebraska wasn't a terrible team when they entered the Big Ten. They were still winning eight to ten games. They even made a couple Big Ten championship games. And since that time, that, that was that was not good enough for them. They hire, I believe, is Mike Riley um, out of Oregon State, who did an atrocious job. And they said that, you know, we went from eight, nine wins to six, seven wins. Now let's get Scott Frost in here. He's going to turn around this program. And it just keeps going downhill. Um, they need to change up their approach. They need to change up how they're recruiting. They need to change up how they're developing players because they're getting good recruits. They're just not developing them, but they're also not getting the right recruits. And I think Scott Frost's strategy has changed over. Over the last couple of years, he went from recruiting and he's very familiar with that Florida area being a UCF guy um, for a couple of years. He was recruiting players who maybe weren't the best fits for the Nebraska program. So now he's recruiting players who might be good fits for the Nebraska program, but they're just not good players and they're not developing them. They're not turning them in from three-star recruits into five-star prospects going into the NFL draft. And that is very concerning to me, the developmental factor and the fact that he doesn't seem to have his players backs game in and game out. When things go wrong, it's the player's fault. When things go right, oh yeah, we're a good team. And so to me, that, that all adds up to this is a very concerning situation and Nebraska could be in for a really long rebuilding period um, after Scott Frost inevitably gets fired. Yeah, so what do you think there from a timeline? Is it is it 2021, prove it or you're out for Scott Frost? Yeah, um, I, I am pretty close to a couple of Nebraska guys. My, one of my best friends is a huge Nebraska fan, and so I kind of get a gauge from him in terms of the fan perspective. And this was the first year I heard him say, yeah, Scott Frost has to leave after the season. Honestly, I think if they were to fire Scott Frost now, you'd have a, a contingent of that fan base. I would say 40 to 50% who would actually be happy. That's where I would gauge that. Now, granted, I'm not a Nebraska fan. I do try to pay as close of attention to our rivals as possible. Um, but I would say 40 50% would be happy with a change in direction. And if Scott Frost doesn't win six games this year, and that's a low bar, but if he doesn't win six games this year, he has to be canned. I don't know how any Nebraska fan could possibly support him any longer. So Tennessee, Nebraska, these programs that we talk about trying to get back, who gets back? Michigan's trying to get back, and Michigan's been closer. They've played at a high level. They just haven't broken through with Jim Harbaugh. Miami's on that list of programs that – had tremendous success. Miami won a, you know, a bunch of national championships and won not that long ago. But, uh, man, it's hard, isn't it? It's hard for these programs to, to not only get back, it, even get close. I mean, Tennessee hasn't been close in a while. Nebraska hasn't been that close in a while either. And, and they just continue to turn through these same kind of issues. Yeah, I, I have an age-old question for you. Would you rather be 9-3 and three or 10-2 and two every season? Or would you rather – go through 10 years of crap to hopefully win a national title at year 11. I want more consistently good level of play. I mean, a national yep. championship's great, but the 
the heartache and the stress in between. No thanks to me. Yeah, I, I mean, I completely agree. I mean, clearly I'm okay with that because that's what Iowa has been. They've been the definition of consistency, but not greatness, right? Consistently good. Yeah, um, you're right. Iowa, Iowa's a good example. Like, you know, that, it, and, and there's always that chance to break through and, and yep. have a shot at a conference title. So I would probably sign up for that. Uh, I mean, I'm in Knoxville and I see the, the absolute mess that has been. And, and Tennessee came close to knocking on the door in 2015 and 16, but ultimately didn't and then fell apart. Yeah, I, I, I mean, I completely agree. And my last question for you, maybe we talk about it on the next segment, but yeah. which team returns first? Which team out of those blue bloods, those powerhouse programs, in your mind returns first? I mean, I, I always still lean Miami should be able to get there. I don't know if Manny Diaz is that guy. Um, and, you know, and a program that's trying to get back would be like Florida State. Florida State has looked like a mess. It hasn't been that long. They won a national title in 13 and, and played for one in 14. So I don't, I don't necessarily put FSU – on this list, but of those teams, Nebraska, I mean, Michigan has been closer. So, I mean, you know, maybe Michigan's at a better starting point, uh, but I don't know. My Miami just seems like it, it has such tremendous upside that that's my answer. I, I couldn't agree more. And, and especially in a weaker conference, the ACC is a relatively winnable conference. You need to get past Clemson, but in the grand scheme of things, you basically can beat, you can win 10 of your games and you have to beat Clemson. So if you, I mean, and everyone can get lucky once in a while, right? So I mean, I think that the to get that monkey off your back, you only have one major team that stands as an obstacle versus you know the Big Ten. You have Ohio State, but you also have a subsection of teams that can beat you any single game, uh, which has seemingly happened every single year in the Jim Haba era. So, and then obviously the Miami talent pool, uh, I think, is a, a good opportunity as he continues to develop those players. That Miami could be the next program that finally gets back at it, and I think the same things goes for Florida state as well. Um, they're in a, a talent hotbed. They have an opportunity as well with the, the program prestige that they have. And the fact that it hasn't been that long since they won a national title. And then or, Andrew, sorry, you have title. Alabama as Alabama is adding NFL coach after NFL coach to the staff to work for Nick Saban. We'll talk about some staff moves out there. When we come back with some of the programs that have won the most recent national championships, we'll do that right here on locked on college football today, presented by BetOnline.ag. Maybe we can get some super futures, not 2021 futures, but super futures for these teams that we're talking about. Andrew of who will get back first, either maybe we just start at uh, 10, 11 wins and then see if we can get to a national title, but whatever the case is, if you're looking for futures on the current college basketball season, the upcoming college football season, the super bowl, they're going to have all kinds of props available for you. Basketball, hockey going on every night. You can find it at betonline.ag. That would be something interesting. What is the future for, you know, which team actually returns to a national title game first? I would absolutely bet on that. That would be a lot of fun. Or yeah. when does Scott Frost get fired? I would probably bet on that as well. Um, but as you pointed out, this betonline.ag literally has a line for almost everything. They had lines for how who was going to get pardoned by the president um, prior to the inauguration. I mean, that's how amazing betonline.ag is you can literally bet on anything throughout the day including like you said college basketball nba um, we have the nfl we have the super bowl coming up you can bet on that and then obviously uh, nhl all these things you can be betting on to put a little bit of extra money in your pocket and there's only one place that has you covered and one place that i think we personally both trust and that is betonline.ag sign up today for a free account at betonline.ag and use that promo code locked on for your 50 percent welcome bonus that's right go to betonline.ag use that promo code locked on to receive that 50 percent welcome bonus betonline.ag your online sportsbook experts 
So, Andrew, we were talking about what Tennessee and Nebraska hope to be. They would love to be just a portion of what Alabama has been, including the latest. Alabama, it, we're used to seeing staff changes. That's an annual event, it, it seems, with Nick Saban now, and they just keep moving along. This offseason includes the addition of Bill O'Brien to be the offensive coordinator. He was the head coach last year of the Houston Texans. And then Doug Marone is going to be the offensive line coach. He was the head coach of the Jacksonville Jaguars last year. And just a few years ago was the head coach of a team playing in the AFC championship game. These are coaches added as assistants for Nick Saban at Alabama. It's wild to me that Alabama has basically Nick Saban's basically become LeBron James. And I mean that in the sense of LeBron James goes to a place and he gets all these veterans to take literally pennies on the dollar to come play with them so they can win a, you know, NBA title. That's what Nick Saban's doing. I don't know how the hell else you get Bill O'Brien and Doug Marone to join. I know Bill O'Brien left Texas with a lot of smear on his name. I mean, he did a horrible job of building that pro that team, but ultimately they were a good team for a few of the years while he was there. Um, Penn state, he was the guy who brought Penn state back to relevancy is maybe the wrong word to use there, but um, brought them back in a positive light after some of those darkest days in that program's history. And Doug Marone did things in Jacksonville that no one's been able to do really since 1996 and Kerry Collins. So I, I think it's really crazy to me that they can bring both of those guys back. Bill O'Brien coming in as the offensive coordinator, Doug Marone taking an offensive line job. To me, are you? that's either one of two things. Either he is really disrespected in the industry and no one wants him, or he felt like taking the offensive line job at Alabama was going to be better for his career than doing anything else, which probably also includes head coaching gigs elsewhere. Or maybe he decided to sit down. And he said, I'm going to relax. I'm going to coach the offensive line. I'm going to send a bunch of people to the NFL, and I'm going to get paid a decent chunk of money while winning a bunch of national titles. Whatever it is, this just isn't fair for the rest of college football. I, I mean – these are people that people would want as head co as you mentioned, as head coaches, and they're just, you know, taking offensive line jobs. Well, that yeah, that has to frustrate fans who don't pull for Alabama because you're looking at Alabama with the best players and coaches who are overqualified. Yeah, I don't know how Steve Sarkeesian's gonna work out at at Texas, but he was more than qualified to be the offensive coordinator at Alabama. Before that, Lane Kiffin, he went there as, uh, you know, I don't, I don't know if he's a great head coach, but as an offensive coordinator, more than qualified. Now we're talking about Bill O'Brien, who's qualified to be the head coach of a lot of college football programs. And you're right, as a general manager, not qualified, shouldn't have been doing that. That's why, mainly to me, he's not yep. the head coach of the Houston Texans. As a coach, they won games with quarterbacks that were much worse than Deshaun Watson with Bill O'Brien as the coach and he did a nice job in a, a very bad situation there at Penn State when he went uh, to take over that program now he gets to help run the the offense and I, I think what you mentioned there is that I think they look at it and say well probably not that stressful of a situation maybe they'll get yelled at by Nick Saban from time to time but coaches <laughs> yell all the time but you know you're going to win you know you're going to be coaching great players you're going to make a ton of money and you'll have an opportunity after that that's probably how they see it yeah, I mean, it's a nice little stepping stone. Basically take one step back to take two steps forward. Uh, I do think it's interesting with Steve Sarkeesian and what people have talked about. I, I kind of serve under the mantra of how do you not have an offense that's amazing with all those players they had on that offense? But nevertheless, I digress. I do think this is the perfect opportunity for Bill O'Brien and Doug Marone to basically restore their images and get back into the coaching ranks, whether that's in college football or the NFL. Um, but like you said, stress-free, they have an opportunity to coach some of the best players in the country and revitalize their image. It's basically a no brainer and make some good chunk of change while they're doing it. I mean, 
the last couple offensive coordinators, as you said, have gone on to take head coaching gigs. And to me, the rich just keep getting richer. Why, if you're an Alabama recruit, why wouldn't you want to go there and learn under those guys? You're learning from three guys, NFL head coaching experience. That's incredible. Yeah. More players probably will, would be my guess. Uh, also the team that won a national championship before Alabama LSU hiring a defensive backs coach from the Minnesota Vikings. So going to the NFL, Dronte Jones is going to be the defensive coordinator replacing Bo Pelini. What, what's this upcoming year going to be like, do you think, for LSU, Fred Orgeron? He just won a national title a year ago, a little more than a year ago. This past season was a mess. Uh, they've had some off-field stuff that, that's not been so good. But how do you think they're going to feel in Baton Rouge? What, what kind of pressure at all is there on Ed Orgeron right now? I, I think there's a good amount. And I, I say that knowing full well that I don't think he gets fired regardless of the outcome of this upcoming season. I, LSU has too much talent to lose that many games. But if they, for whatever reason, only win six or seven games, I think the seed starts getting hotter. And then the following year is when, if things don't correct themselves, he ultimately goes. Uh, but that defense was atrocious. Um, when we, we talked about we were, you know, we looked like kings when we picked Mississippi State to beat LSU. But a lot of the reason why Mississippi State beat LSU is because Bo Pelini was terrible at adapting to what they were doing. He was trying to run man coverage as Mississippi State just did crossing routes over and over. They were basically playing Madden, and Bo Pelini was playing all rookie, just sitting there, ooh, I'm going to man up because I don't know how to recover. Like, play any other sort of zone coverages. Um, I, I think it makes sense to get rid of him. I thought it made sense to get rid of him. I do think the leash is getting tighter. If you, you read the book as well, the recruiting book with Ed Ogron, basically as the main character, uh, people freaking love him down there. Yeah. They, I mean, I, I went to New Orleans a lot for work. They are fanatical about him and what he does. He is the perfect head coach for LSU. So it pains me to say that, but I think if they don't win more than six games in the next two years, they are def he's definitely gone. You have to let him go. LSU has too much history and pride to hang on. That being said, I fully expect a turnaround this upcoming year, even if that means eight, nine games. I think to me that represents a turnaround, especially after this disastrous season. Uh, that did The pandemic didn't help. Breaking in basically an entirely new starting offensive defense didn't help, but yep. those Opt excuses outs. start going out the window. Yeah, they start going out the window, though, when you have a full offseason to get back in the you know grand scheme of things, the, the right state of mind. So that, that's my take on it. What are you what is yours? Yeah, I, I think you're right. Um, I think they'll, I, I don't know if they'll be at a championship level, but better. And he will just be two seasons removed. Now, does does off-field stuff get worse? I don't know. That that can always change a conversation. But uh, on the field, I think they'll bounce back. They'll have players. They should be more stable at quarterback and um, just more experienced. Uh, having to replace all the players that they did from the national title team, COVID hitting, and then uh, players opting out a recipe for disaster and let's see if these coaching changes work. If they don't, then they're not going to be that good, but I, I bet on talent. LSU is going to have talent. Yeah. And honestly, you can't get worse than Bo Pelini coaching defense. So can't be that much worse. Andrew, the off season does continue. Coverage continues every day, transfer market, recruiting, senior bowl stuff's going on. I know you'll be locked in on what's going on there and news will continue to develop coaching search season if Tennessee hires a sitting head coach as there's a possibility that would open up another spot then the dominoes will continue from there so we will continue monitoring Andrew fun as always and I'll talk to you next time
Absolutely, man. Been a blast. Can't wait to hear more about Tennessee next week. A Ward and Wade Wednesday. Thank you for being with us. Rate and review the show and go check out all the shows, the new shows, Locked On Bets, Locked On Today. They have you covered rejecting the screen. If you haven't checked that show out with the coverage they had with the anniversary of the passing of Kobe Bryant, great work. It is worth your time to go listen. Keep spreading the word about the show as well. Thank you for being here. We'll see you next time on Locked On College Football on the Locked On Podcast Network.